G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Due to the adult themes in today's broadcast, we recommend that this program is not suitable for younger listeners. We can talk about these things now and we can speak very openly and honestly about everything. It doesn't have any grip on us anymore. Unfortunately, affairs happen in good marriages, bad marriages and Christian marriages. Today's guests are Noni and David Yates. They have experienced incredible pain, gone through personal healing and repaired their marriage to now facilitate support groups for men and women impacted by infidelity and betrayal. Their goal is to help others claim victory over shame and discover their God-given purpose. That's Noni and David Yates, our guests today with myself, Brett Ryan, for part two of this conversation for Focus on the Family Australia. Noni, what was going through your mind to actually even consider reconciling? Okay, so I'm just going to back up a little bit. I was very determined that I was not going to jump back into this crazy, tumultuous relationship. But my solicitor suggested that we go and see a specialist who um, helps couples navigate successfully through a respectful separation. And because we were talking about financial uh, separation and I'd already said to Dave, look, there's three outcomes of this. We separate now, sort out our financial situation. We both go and do the work that we need to do. We come back as two healthy individuals and reconcile. And I'm thinking, you know, two years down the track. Um, The next one is that we get all of our finances sorted. We do all the work needed so that we're both two healthy individuals. We don't get back together again, but we can respect each other. And the third one was that we give in to fear, just reconcile, and we will repeat the same patterns of behaviour. Yeah. So going into this specialist, which Dave didn't want to go to because all he thought was, oh, she's going to tell us how to separate and that's going to be it. But he finally came around and said, okay, we'll go and see her. And she asked me, she took us in individually, she said, what's your best possible outcome? And I told her exactly what I'd told Dave before. And she called us in and it was like a mediation, I suppose. And she had us at the point where we were agreeing to the process of a possible reconciliation without being attached to the outcome. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, I can agree to this because then I'll be able to prove to our kids and our families have done everything possible because we'd done so much counselling before. And she had five points that we had to adhere to. Now, one of them was that we are 100% monogamous, and that was a no-brainer, you know, for me. So Dave left feeling like, wow, here's hope. And I walked out of that office, and I'm just like, what the hell have I agreed to? I don't know. I was really quite anxious. And then I kind of, my head started going, okay, you can do this. You can just tick that box off, and we can do it. But then it was like God just said, but Noni, that's not being authentic. If you're going to agree to this, you have to do it with your whole heart. Yeah. And that's when I 
I actually met with Dave to see that we were on the same page with all of the five points. And when it got to the monogamy one, you know, I said, because we've had boundaries, have you spent any time with one-on-one with women? And he got really prickly and really defensive. And I left there and my gut was just going, no, this isn't right. And so that's when I penned this really big, long letter and I was being completely vulnerable and really almost begging, just tell me the truth because, oh, this is where I get really teary because this is where God just worked. Um, you know, I just thought, you know, if I'm going to trust you with my heart again, I need to know the absolute truth. And so although I was tentative about giving him this because my heart was still hard and it was hurt, um, and I thought, oh, he's going to be angry. I'm going to get that anger. I'm going to get that uprising, which is what I wanted to get away from. And so I went to a prayer meeting one morning at church and then went and met him afterwards. I mean, he was really happy to see me and I was a little bit nervous. And I handed him the letter and watched him read it. And um, he read and he gently folded it. And I really spelled it out. All of our letters are in the book. It's a mm-hmm. very, very raw book. And, um, you know, have you had any one-on-one time? Have you, you know, Facebook? You know, and I, I listed every possible way and he folded it and he just said really gently, no, can I please answer this thoroughly later? And in that moment, I thought I'm getting all the truth and God just changed my heart for the first time in years. I felt soft and tender and it was just something that... I had an experience I wasn't expecting, that's for sure. But I just mm-hmm. had such love and I just thought, I'm going to get the truth. No matter what it is, I'm going to get the truth. And it's all I wanted. So we left that day and I went home and I actually penned another letter because I was getting myself ready for a response. But the work that God did in my heart at that time was nothing short of a miracle. And that was my turning point. Yeah. But then Dave had to kind of step into that. You know, I don't cry because of the hurt. I actually cry because of the incredible work that was nothing short of a miracle. I I couldn't have changed myself like that. And that's never changed. You know, from that moment on, and all the truths came out after that, that were horrendous. But God had already changed my heart. And in that, Dave's transformation started as well. Yeah. Take us back to that, David. You had to be fully honest. And that was really difficult for you because you thought, if I share all of this, it's going to make it irrecoverable. Exactly. And that's the conflict I had to deal with in that moment. I saw Noni reaching towards me, which is what I wanted more than anything else. And I also saw a plea for honesty. And I went away and laboured for about two or three nights over what she deserved, what was right for us. But I still did not trust that if I told the complete truth, there'd be any hope for us. So I was very partial with my responses. That's what I gave Nani. And she took it all in. There was stuff there that was not pleasant. As she said, no deal breakers at the time, and we continued to move on. And I thought, great, but I still needed to control because I, the things I'd done, for me were unforgivable. 
they were going to be the end of our relationship. Yeah. Nothing would survive that. So it, it didn't matter what Noni said. It didn't matter what God tells me about forgiveness. It doesn't matter how much I saw the nature of Noni's faith play out. I still wasn't certain. I couldn't take that risk. Well, Noni acknowledged and he said that's when this true transformation started, but that's a long-going process. In all of this, you were both healing, but there's also those bystanders, your children. How are they navigating to see mum and dad separate, filing for divorce, anguish, pain? You know, what's going on with the children and how do you include them in this journey? Uh, that's a really hard one. Um, it's definitely been an up and down journey for them. They were fully informed, not informed them about the separation. They got to witness their attempts at reconciliation. They got to witness my failures along the way. But today, our relationship with all three of them is a lot better than it's ever been. Well, my relationship with all three of them is better than it has been for the last 30 years. Our children are grown. You know, the youngest was 21 at the time and the oldest was 30. So they weren't children as such. But we agreed to the point where I had to tell them, once I had told Noni everything, which was a couple of months later, once I told Noni everything, I needed to tell our children and be responsible. So made time to do that individually. And for me, that was me surrendering, trying to hang on and preserve an image, trying to control how people perceived me. I had to give that up and be responsible and acknowledge it was in the form of an apology to each of them that not only had I betrayed their mother, but I'd betrayed them. And yeah. I had to acknowledge the impact of the outworkings of all my behaviour over the years, the inconsistencies, the poor messaging. And they were all pretty stunned. The hardest was talking to my daughter. And that's, yeah. this is the bit where I cry. Um, because... Well, for a lot of reasons, is I think she saw the pain over the years clearer than anybody, and she bears a very strong witness to the truth around her. It was the beginning of a better relationship for all of us. You know, yeah. I, I always thought, and I think we all think, we want to be the strong leading father, the caring, yep, we'll make mistakes, but you know what, I'm okay. I presented a completely different picture at that moment to my kids, an authentic one, that is, of a person that was broken, a person who acknowledged the really poor decisions he'd made and took responsibility for them. And in doing that, the opposite happened to what I expected. And I, I said to them, I don't expect any of you to forgive me. That's entirely up to you. I said, all I'm going to do is do my best from here on in. We've got better relationships than we've had. We've still got work to go, but we're in a better place than we've been for 25, 30 years. That's great. That's Noni and David Yates, our guest today with myself, Brett Ryan, for part two of this conversation for Focus on the Family Australia. The word for today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional, designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au. Welcome back to Focus on the Family Australia. I'm Brett Ryan. 
Today's guests are Noni and David Yates. Noni, there'll be many people who are going through this exact challenge, or they know somebody that is going through this challenge. How would you like to encourage them? Well, firstly, we don't have to look too far to sort of see how many people this affects. Sexual Health Australia documents that approximately 70% of all marriages will be impacted by infidelity. And like I said before, infidelity is one thing, but the associative behaviours, and this is consistently talking to other betrayed spouses as well, the behaviours around the keeping of secrets and affair recovery, they describe infidelity as being the keeping of secrets. The behaviours are just so destructive. So, you know, the one thing that we really want to get across is that people are not alone because when this happens to you, like when Dave finally disclosed and, you know, like it was like March 2019 that we finally got to the bottom of everything, I just thought, who the hell has this story? Like, where do we turn? You know, like most of our friends have been married for 20, 30 plus years and we know lots of other people that their marriages haven't survived an affair and there's so much shame attached. There's so much shame attached to the betrayed partner as well. It's like this social shame because there's, Mm -hmm. again, all the misconceptions about why didn't you measure up or, you know, there must have been something wrong with you. Oh, you know, they had an affair, but they've just moved on. It's okay. No one really talks about the full impact of what it really feels like. And it's only when you speak to other people that are walking through it, going through it, that are, you know, traversing the path that you kind of go, oh, okay, I'm not so alone, I'm not such a freak. There is a pathway out. It's really hard work. It's messy. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's a form of trauma that's attached to a betrayal. You know, when we talk about PTSD and we think of soldiers going to war, they're going in knowing that they're going into battle, that they're facing the enemy. When we marry, we're with someone that's vowed to protect us and to cherish us and to love us. Now, when that fire comes from them, when... When they betray you, that's a whole new level of betrayal trauma. And it's really, really ugly. You know, for betrayed partners, it's easy to say, you know, it's not about you. But that's, it's such a truth. It's like our unfaithful partners, when they step into that place, you know, they don't wake up one morning going, I'm just going to go and decimate the person that I swore to love and cherish. That's not how it works. It's so, so much more subtle But that is the end result. So consequences and choices, you know, we all have free will. No one held a gun to Dave's head and say, you know, you have to do this. I just say, yeah, reach out, don't do it alone. And we're really just speaking out so that people don't feel so isolated. You know, when, when we spoke at church a couple of weeks ago, we've had people just coming forward, men and women, just in tears, just saying, thank you. Can we catch up? You know, Dave thought that he was going to take his secrets to his grave. He never thought he'd disclose, but it's only from him being brave enough to really confront the ugliest of truths that now we can go forward from a platform of truth. There's also, you know, people sort of think, oh, well, you know, why'd she stay? You know, she must be weak. I challenge anyone, Mm. anyone to go through this and say that someone committed to their marriage is weak because it's a hell of a lot of hard work and for Dave too, and it's had to be consistent. It's not just a you know, I'm intending to do better. It is a day in and day out. And, you know, like we're two years out now and, yeah, the pain changes. 
Yeah. It's horrific at first, you know, and we can talk about these things now and we can speak very openly and honestly about everything. It doesn't have any grip on us anymore. You know, initially, some of the questions I asked that I wanted to know were really painful and you can feel these triggers rising and this, this physical response and the questions change over time. What is really important, though, is if anyone is going through this, is that you really have to be able to and be safe enough to ask the questions, you know, like just details around, not comparison questions, but feeling questions. And you basically, it's almost like scheduled trauma for both people because mm -hmm. there's, on the one hand, you've got the betrayed who's just broken and, and a mess, but needing to know the truth. And on the other hand, you've got the perpetrator that has caused all of this pain, knowing that the truth is going to inflict more pain. Yeah. But once you move through that and you feel that there's been full disclosure, and it can take months because normally it's yeah. like a trickle truth. It's like, okay, well, you know, Dave might have thought, okay, well, just to protect Noni, I might just tell her this much, but there's nothing worse than finding more information out later. That yeah. is absolutely devastating. Minimising like defensiveness and trickle truth, I think, are the most it. destructive. For you, David, hearing all of this, it's really important that you are honest and transparent, but you need to start putting boundaries into your world. What did you put into place? We put boundaries around my travel. When I go away, nobody knows where I'm going. I don't have one-on-one -on -one time with any women unless it's inside a work meeting in a, in a workplace. Uh, I don't travel alone with another woman. No one-on-one. -on -one. I don't linger at the end of an event around a bar. I don't put myself in places. And I'm not talking about high-risk places. I'm talking about relative for everyone else, low-risk places. It's not whether I'm tempted or not. I just don't want to be in a place where something might happen or there might be a thought or there might be a temptation. Yeah. And it's not about being controlled. For me, they're healthy boundaries. They're respectful boundaries. At first, it can be a bit challenging. But really, I talk to a lot of men that are on this journey. And a part of this process is the standard they look at is, well, would I do this? Would I be here? Or would I say this if my wife was with me? For a moment, you hesitate. The answer is probably no. In which case, if I'm going to continue to do this, I probably need to speak to my wife and share this with her if I'm not sure. So look, we put boundaries around that. They're for me. They make me a better person. You know, I'm happy about those. They're not restrictions on my life at all. The real boundary is the no keeping of secrets. Mm. That's yeah. the heart. If there's something that I can't share, why? Mm. If I can't tell Nani something, then it probably shouldn't have happened. I know there'll be people listening to this and they haven't got the happy ending. And I'm saying it's an ongoing process. It's still raw. It's still very recent. But you're using your story to help others. But they haven't got that reconciliation. But as I understand, forgiveness is a really important part of this journey. How do you forgive someone who has betrayed you so poorly? Even though you may never reconcile you still need the power of forgiveness. As God forgives us, we need to forgive others. What would you say to that, Noni? I absolutely think that forgiveness is key. You know, I know how much I was forgiven 
of. You know, they say that forgiveness is a gift that you give yourself. And another thing that a fair recovery says, forgiveness is actually giving up the hope of ever having a better past. Mm. Because we can't change the past, but we can change the future. And not just between Dave and I, but no matter who it's with, I don't want to keep myself bound up. I don't want to be bitter. And so whether your relationship survives or not, Forgiveness is the gift that you give to yourself for healing and moving on. You know, one of the greatest gifts Dave gave to me is um, a night when he finally disclosed everything. We found a specialist in Brisbane that we were going to do a two-day intensive with, and she was an affair recovery specialist. And he said to me, "Known, if after this weekend, if you want to go your own way, if you don't want to be with me, he said, I will fully understand And, you know, that was probably the most loving thing that he's ever done because rather than trying to control me, to control the situation, he really was allowing me the choice. You know, before that choice was taken away and the truth was controlled and it was such a controlling thing, but that was a really loving gift. And I knew there and then that there was hope because he wasn't trying to control me. And we'd already, before we did any kind of, real healing, we wrote down what we wanted for the future. And I just said, Dave, you know, read what I wrote. That hasn't changed. That's still the desire of my heart. Whether we are together or I'm alone, I need to heal. So let's try and heal together. And, you know, we state in our book, we haven't arrived anywhere. It's an ongoing process, but we're a lot further down the path now. And it's a very different relationship to the one that we've had So even though the marriage is intact, it's a very different relationship. It's a new relationship to the one that was, and it's one that's actually founded on truth. And I can trust the changes that I see constantly in Dave. Just even his relationship with the Lord, it's not a head relationship anymore. I can see that it's a heart relationship. Yeah. Very different. Very much so. Uh, With our time remaining, is there any last comments you would like to share, either of you? Dave? Yeah, just that there is hope and it takes a lot of work. It's worth the work. It's worth it. If you find yourself in this situation, find specialist help. General marriage counselling and I'm afraid general pastoring only gets you so far. And it's an ongoing process. It really is. And there are terrific resources out there, a fair recovery that Nani talks about, I think, it probably saved my life in a lot of ways. It inspired me to be able to be honest and realise that there's not going to be the end of the world. And the other is, if you can't be fully seen, if I can't trust, I, I need to trust what the Lord says about me as he sees me and loves me. Now, if I'm going to withhold myself, my doubts, my insecurities from other people, and I'm even trying to withhold them from the Lord, I'm denying that. I'm denying that completely. And that's been a journey for me, is to get to that realisation. And actually, I know it go from, as Nani says, knowing it in my head, but to believing it in my heart. It takes a lot stronger person and a lot braver person to face this than it does to walk away. But the benefits of a, a stronger, better relationship are just they're beyond what I could have actually imagined for us. Some would say it is easier. You know, wouldn't it be easier? It'd be everyone's happier, but... You're saying that because you've navigated this together, it's brought you closer together. 
still with wounds, still with scars. Yeah, sure. There is regret and there's remorse, but there's not shame anymore. And that's been a gradual and an ongoing process. But uh, the other choice is run towards comfort, but take your pain and scars with you and they'll continue to manifest one way or another. Yeah. Noni, when you hear, and I think it's in your book, there is hope. No one is too broken, unforgivable, unredeemable. It's hard work. It's uncomfortable, but it's worth the effort. Any last comments to that? I'm actually just going to read. The shame of adultery on a couple is a dreadful burden to carry. You can be free from it, but you must face the whole story. It takes a lot of courage. There is no way to bypass the pain. You must move through it. It's a process which often feels like it will never end, but it does. You know, the only way to get through trauma is to face it. You know, we've got to slay our giants. All I just want to say is just don't do it alone. You know, don't let that shame keep you from reaching out because this is a tough thing to talk about. And we are speaking out because we don't want people to suffer in silence. It affects too many people. And I just believe that there's a lot of marriages that have failed because they haven't actually known that there is an option. You know, we just really pray that the Lord might use us, might use our testimony. We just want to bring encouragement and hope to others. Heal and recovery. Thank you so very much for sharing your story. You're welcome, Brett. Brett, thank you. Not the story we wished would have been ours, but God's writing the end of it. That's wonderful. Today's guests were Noni and David Yates, authors of Beyond Betrayal, 28 Years, Lies, Deceit, Infidelity. Their website is beyondbetrayalrecoverybook.com. For more information on a fair recovery, go to our website at families.org.au. If something that we share today has caused you concern, we would encourage you to speak to someone. We highly recommend the Christian Counselors Association of Australia. Their website is ccaa.net.au. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Brett Ryan. And on behalf of the team here at Focus, we look forward to you tuning in again for another episode of Focus on the Family, Australia. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.